0: What is it that brings you wonder? You know, when you think about all that God has done, when you think about this Christmas season and the birth of Jesus, you know, not just not just any birth. Not, I mean, those are happening constantly. You know, I don't remember what the statistic is. How many? Every few seconds, you know, a new a new baby is born. But the Savior of the world, and what does that stir in us? Right. And in this series, we've been looking at these. Uh, kind of different songs, different things, and today we're gonna to look around this whole idea of of the peace, the peace that God brings to us. You know what peace means? And I thought about that, and it's like, well, of course you know what peace means. You may not always experience it. It may be more of an intellectual thing, but at some deep level in us, we we have this grasp of what it would be like to be at peace. We can see things going on in the world, which is, incredibly chaotic right now, especially when you get into the Middle East. Uh, there are things that happen in our own lives, whether it's relationally or financially or things that we feel all of this, all this turbulence and all of this kind of disarray in us. And we're like, well, I wish I had some peace. And we're, we kind of know what that is. In fact, one definition is that uh, peace is being free from disturbance, free from disturbance and there's, there's much more to peace than just that. But at a surface level, we go, ah, that, that makes that makes some sense. So we wish things could be free from disturbance around us, right? In circumstances and work and you know whatever else may be going on. But the real freedom from disturbance is, is what's down like deep in us, in our very souls. Well, in the Bible, uh, the word peace is is almost always uh, coming from this word that you probably know, a Hebrew word, shalom. Shalom. And and shalom is, is used um, kind of similar to aloha. <laughs> you know, they, it was used as a greeting, it was used as uh, a goodbye, it was also used as a blessing, but this word shalom is rich in, in meaning and understanding. It had to do with our very heart and soul, but also how that kind of spilled out into the circumstances around us. Some of you grew up in a, in a Catholic background or in a Catholic tradition, and, and almost every Mass, you would do something like this, when, when the priest would have you turn, and you'd say, peace be with you. And then the people around you would say, and also with you, right? So some of you know that. So I remember uh, back when I was young and I was working as kind of a youth director, actually right here at this church, and I did not grow up in a Catholic tradition and background, so that was all kind of foreign to me, and we had uh, an older woman who worked in our office, and she was this, just this lovely Catholic lady, her name was Edna, and I remember one time going to her and saying, hey, uh, can I go to Mass with you sometime? She goes, yeah. She would go almost every morning, and so I would meet her several times. I met her early and I went to Mass uh, with her here in Turlock. And so it was just this really cool thing, and yet I was like, I didn't know anything, right? So I was coming in kind of cold, and uh, I remember in in the Mass they had us turn and do that. And again, I don't know anything. And so I go, turn to someone, and so people turn and they go, peace be with you. And so I would say, well, thank you, right back at you, you know? And it's like, and, and Edna, you know, she's like going, no, 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 that's not what you say. You go, and also with you, it's like, oh, okay. And so I was kind of learning that as I went, but it was, I was so unprepared and I had no idea like what the process really was. In fact, I lost a little bit of my peace with you in that moment, right? Just <laughs> trying to get it all together. But peace is something that we're all looking for that we all want at some level. We we may not say it out loud, it may not be like really on the top of our list, but if we really dig down and we really somehow get to the core of it, we say, I do wanna have peace in my life. Otherwise, I'm really saying that I'm okay with turbulence and chaos. I'm okay with the the kind of dissonance that, that happens on the inside of me. A while back, there was a nationwide poll asking people about their most important criteria for judging personal success. And they had quite a few, uh, you know, a list of 20 or 30 different things, like which would be, and in the top five was peace of mind. Now this wasn't a faith-based survey or poll or anything, like it, just, just the average person that they would just say, I, I, I would love to have just some peace in my life. And yet we look around the world today, and maybe even just look at our own lives, and we think, is that even possible? Like, can that even arrive on the scene in in any way? But here's what we need to know, and the Christmas story is such a beautiful picture of this, is that Jesus came not just to bring us peace, but to be our peace. And there's a difference in that. One is, is kind of like a gift, and he does give that, But understand that scripture talks about him being our peace, the the relationship with him, the connection with him. He is the peace that we experience in our life to calm the dissonance and the disturbance in our own souls. And so as we look at this kind of idea of peace, this This idea of shalom. The Bible describes this as, yes, being free from disturbance, but also as quietness and rest and completeness and wholeness. In fact, one definition includes this idea to be set at one again, like to be united internally again. And so we think of all the craziness and the chaos and the storms that break into your life. It seems like we can be internally divided into just like a thousand different pieces and directions. And God wants to bring peace, to reset us to being whole again. Well, during this month, we've been in this series called Wonder, and we're taking a deeper dive into the awe and the amazement and the wonder of the birth of our Messiah, Jesus, uh, and the fact that he was willing to come to earth in the form of a baby, not not a warrior coming out of the clouds, but a baby born uh, in a manger, and he came to live and to ultimately give his life so that we could be reconciled to the Father, to be free from sin and forgiven. It's amazing. And we've been looking at these four songs, these pictures of awe and amazement. We looked at Mary and we looked at Zechariah and we're going to look today at this song of peace that was sung by the angels to the shepherds on the very night that Mary was delivering this this Savior. So if you're there in Luke chapter 2, I want to read this to you, verses 8 through 14. If you were here last week, we, we had a chance to see Linus uh, quote this. I'm not Linus, but you're gonna, you're gonna hear it again. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. And they were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people, the Savior, yes, the Messiah of the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you'll recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger, and suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Now, if you were to back up a little bit here in Luke and even go over to, to Matthew, uh, we read that this moment in time was a, was a scary, turbulent, and challenging time when, when hope was really in short supply. See, for centuries, uh, the people of God, the Jews, had clung to the promise of this coming Messiah. They knew this rescuer, that's what it means, this rescuer was going to come to save them and to, and to bring them back under God's rule and reign. And so for centuries, they're waiting and waiting, generation after generation after generation. One of these days, one of these days, one of these days. In fact, you'll see this in the Old Testament. They would have this uh, statement that they would make, how long, oh Lord? How long, oh Lord? When they were in captivity, when they were going through these difficult things, how long, oh Lord, how long? And waiting and waiting. In fact, next week on Christmas Eve day, we're gonna actually Look at that whole idea of how do we have hope in the midst of waiting, right? And that's what they were doing, waiting for, hungry and longing for peace. And it's something that it's not just happened way back then, but it's something for us today that we still find ourselves hungry for peace. In fact, I want you just to pause for a moment here, and I want you to think, what is causing disturbance and dissonance in your heart and soul right now? Like, wh- where's that stress coming from? And, you know, it can come from a, a whole host of things, but whatever it is that's keeping you up at night, I'll bet right now in this moment, if we handed a microphone around, we're not gonna do that, so <laughs> just stay in your seat. Uh, if we handed a microphone around and you felt completely safe being vulnerable, I think every one of us knows one thing right now we can say that's it's. Ah man it's just churning in me right now right we all have those things at times and I can almost guarantee you that it falls into one of four categories and I didn't invent this I read this but I thought this was so good that stress generally falls into four things place pace problems or people or persons and you see that on your sheet today those those four things So when you think of stress, one of those things is our place in life. So sometimes a stressful season with everything that's going on and and where we are in a given moment, where our job is, or our home is, or the circumstances, we find ourselves in a place and there's stress surrounding it. And for some of you, you can pinpoint it to that. For some of you, it's the pace of life right now. Maybe it's too busy. Maybe you feel like you can't slow down. Maybe there's just too much going on and you find your motor, you know, just revving all the time. In fact, one of the things that I'll sometimes ask people if I'm, if I'm in a group, it's like, do you find yourself uh, like, like jiggling your leg? Some of you just went, oh, you stopped right now. I, and, and I don't say that like shaming you, like you should never do that. But what happens is, is like life can sometimes feel like we're on a treadmill. And then it's like, we come into a service and it's just like, we're we're still going, right? And so sometimes the pace of life causes us to live with this sense of stress. Like, I don't know how I'm gonna fit it all in. I don't know how I can do all this. There's too much that I'm carrying right now, right? So a pace. The third thing is problems. And I know we can kind of weave all of these together, but when you think about health problems or financial problems, or if you're, if you're in school right now, maybe you have finals that are coming up, and so there's this sense of, I got some problems that are going on, and you're trying to manage them. And of course, the fourth one is the people or the, that you have in your life. And this could be around your marriage or uh, relationships with your own children or if you know, the relationship you have with your parents, or maybe it's just people at work, or friendships, or whatever it might be. But generally, generally, our stress falls into kind of one of those buckets. And I want you just to, as you're looking at that on your sheet right now, you got those four things, place, pace, problem, or person. And so, would, would you just circle one of those? Like, wh- whatever it is that you're kind of going through, which, which bucket would you put it in? right now. And it's kind of a little exercise in self-awareness and taking a look at your own life and identifying, here's kind of where I'm being, I'm being hit. And what we want to do with that is, is, is look at those things honestly and go, that, that's where it is. But here's, here's the hope that we have today, and here's what we can walk away with. If you're a follower of Jesus, He tells us that in the middle of those things, whatever it is that's causing us, there can be peace in your life, because he is peace. And he offers us something that that nobody else can, and he makes us whole. I love this quote, peace is not the absence of trouble, but the presence of Jesus. Let me say that again. Peace is not the absence of trouble, but it's the presence of Jesus. In fact, the prophet Isaiah declared this centuries before Jesus was even born. He said this, for a child is born to us and a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called, here are these kind of titles, names, characteristics, he'll be a wonderful counselor, the mighty God, everlasting father, and here's the last one, prince of peace, the prince of peace of peace. And we're going to dissect just that little phrase towards the end of the message, but I want you to just hang on to that, that he is the Prince of Peace. And he's come to offer us something that the world can't give, that that other people can't give. When we're in that place of disturbance and dissonance in our life, when it seems like everything in chaos, he has come to be our Prince of Peace and our Lord. So I'm going to give you a few things to write down this morning. The first is this, the peace of Jesus can calm my soul, can calm my soul. I know we've talked about this a little over the past two weeks, but we all know that Christmas isn't just about warm fuzzies and hot chocolate and colorful bows for everyone, is it? I mean, we love that part of it. And that captures or, or gives us a little hint or just even a shadow of, of the deeper, more important things. But we know that it's so much more than that. And I know for some of you in this room, Christmas is, is not a joyful time, Christmas is a hard time. Because Christmas brings up memories of the past that are not good, Christmas can, can bring up a sense of loneliness can bring a sense of resentment and bitterness because of past struggles or family issues or or drama that's gone on or hurt and pain that's happened during this month. And again, this space of unsettledness. And maybe for you, the association of Christmas and the memories come with it are the exact opposite of peace. But here's my challenge for you today. What if, what if we begin to reframe our thinking and we moved away from our personal experiences with Christmas, as good as some of them are and as challenging and hard and dark as some of them are, what if we begin to, to reframe and focus on the very reason this season even exists? I gotta tell you, I love the lights and I love the trees and I love this time of year when we can just celebrate Jesus and, and do all that. But, but what if during this, this season, we had these reframing in our mind to go, but what's it really all about? But what's really happening during this time? That Emmanuel, which literally means God with us, was born and he came to bring a peace that goes beyond our human understanding. Paul wrote this in Philippians four, don't worry about anything, instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Some of you, as you're reading that, you need to take your pen and there's things that hit you and you need to underline them already. Maybe knowing that his peace is gonna guard your heart and your mind. Maybe knowing that his peace is gonna exceed anything you can understand. One of the things I love about this passage that I think we sometimes misunderstand is Paul says, don't worry about anything. And we go, <laughs> okay, Paul. Sounds really good, but guess what? There's things that I'm worrying about. There are things that like kind of rise up in the scale on me. It's like, what am I gonna do with that, right? But I gotta tell you, I, I think we misunderstand what Paul is saying here because I believe... Paul had moments where he worried. Paul had moments where he was anxious. He wasn't wasn't shaking his finger saying, oh, you must not really love God enough. You must really not trust him enough. You must must not believe enough. Because if you did, you would never worry. You would never be anxious. I don't think that's what he's saying. I think he's saying, if I could reframe it a little bit, he's saying, when worry and stress and anxiety come into your life, man, take it to God. Pray about it. Walk with him with it. Let him carry the burden for you. Pursue Jesus because true peace can only be found in him. And I know we can think it's like, well, that sounds really great, Dave, but I'm struggling with making sense of some of these things because I can't actually see God giving me peace that can bring calm to my life right now. And so I want you to think about something because I think there are people in your life or that have been in your life have given you just a taste of what the presence of that relationship can, can mean to you. So think about it. Is there someone in your life or has there been someone in your life that when they walk into a room or you see them or you hear their voice or you see a text come up on your phone or an email from them, there's just this part of you that goes, oh. I love that person, Like, right? There's just something good about that. This is the opposite of the people you see in the grocery store or Target and go, oh man, there they are, right, <laughs> you know? And not those people, the people you see and go, hey, oh, it's so good to see you, right? They bring joy in your life. There's something about their presence that just, man, I don't know, it's just something deeper in you. I think we all have some people like that, or at least have. I know for me, Gina is one of those people. She's my safe place. She's my my best friend. I love hearing her laugh. I love conversations that we have. There's a peace in our connection together. It's not perfect. We say all the time, we are two imperfect people that God has put together. And there are ups and downs and challenges with that. But but she is a person like that for me. I have another one too. It's my grandson. And we get to have him a couple times a week and he's five years old. And uh, we have one of those... Uh, front door locks, that's a code, and he knows it. And so he'll, he'll kind of doot, 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 and he walks in, and he literally does this almost every time, hello, I'm here. <laughs> and he, he'll sometimes, you know, he's kicking off his boots, you know, and he's getting into that, hello, I'm here. And I love hearing his voice, man, just that little high squeaky voice, you know, hello, I'm here. And I'll come out and I'll go, hey, bub, how are you doing? And you know what his response is? Every single time. Where's Gigi? <laughs> you know, it, it's not the, hey, Papa, we do this. It's, where's Gigi, right, you know? And so <clears throat> I get to look at him and go, oh, man, well, it's good to see you too, right? No, I don't do that. But man, when I hear that voice, it's just, it's, it's good for my soul. And I think you have or have had, I know this is a tender area because maybe some of those people in your life are gone now. Maybe you've lost uh, a best friend or a spouse or someone close. So I know it's a tender area. But you you catch where it's going. You catch this thing. I, I know what that's like to have someone just, it brings hope and life to you. But I will tell you this, it's as good as it is, it's only a taste. Because as great as it is to have Gina and Dax and other people, good friends, many of you in my life, I fully understand that none of them can replace the Prince of Peace. None of them can replace Jesus. None of them can be my Savior and my Lord. None of them are my rescuer and my deliverer. Jesus is our peace. And he came to bring peace to this chaotic world yesterday, today, and also tomorrow. And he can do it in us. And you think of these shepherds after centuries of waiting, peace had finally arrived. Peace had finally been born. Peace had finally come. Peace is what Jesus means and what he brings to us. Write this down for number two. The peace of Jesus can refocus my attention can refocus my attention. If you're familiar with Max Lucado, he is a Christian author and pastor and he is I love the way he just expresses things. I want to read you just a quick thing that he wrote. Uh, he said this, an ordinary night with ordinary sheep and ordinary shepherds. And were it not for a God who loves to hook an extra on the front of the ordinary, the night would have gone unnoticed. The sheep would have been forgotten and the shepherds would have slept the night away but God dances amidst the common. And that night he did a waltz. The black sky exploded with brightness. Sheep that had been silent became a chorus of curiosity. One minute the shepherd was dead asleep and the next he was rubbing his eyes and staring into the face of an alien. The night was ordinary no more. The angel came in the night because that is when lights are best seen and that is when they are most needed. God comes into the common for the same reason. See, the presence and the power of Jesus has a way of refocusing and reframing our attention. Despite what's going on around you, whether it's a health storm or a financial storm or a relational storm, and you can't even see straight because of all the confusion and chaos, all the mental and emotional debris that's flying around you, know that Jesus can be the peace in the middle of what you're experiencing I want to jump for a moment a little later into Jesus' life. In Mark 4, Jesus has the disciples, and they're going across the Sea of Galilee, which is known for its sudden storms that kick up. And the boat is going on, and these are all experienced sailors. They've been out on the sea countless times. And the storm hits. Jesus is asleep in the back. And the disciples, man, they're doing everything they can. They're, I'm sure they're dropping the sail and they're trying to steer the boat, and do all these things. Waves are coming over the sides and they're just thinking, we're gone. You know, it's, it's weird to think, we sometimes kinda don't put them in real life situations. But I would guess every single one of these fishermen has lost friends and family to the sea. They probably laugh probably boats that have gone down, friends that have drowned. So they know, oh, this is, this is not good at all. And they're doing everything they can. They're putting all their expertise and their, their power and their strength and their experience to the test. They're doing it all. And when it's all said and done, they go, what are we going to do? It's like, we got to at least go wake up Jesus. And so they go back there and they wake Jesus up. And they say, Jesus... How can you be sleeping at a time like this? Like, we're gonna drown, this is all over. And here's what it says in Mark 4. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. Some versions say, peace, be still. And suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm and he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? And here's something that I have wondered as I have read and studied that passage so many times. I've wondered if Jesus was speaking to more than just the wind and the waves. I wonder if as he was looking over the waves and seeing them flatten and calm down and the the wind begin to die, I wonder if in that moment he looked over his shoulder at the disciples and kind of like, though he didn't verbally say it, kind of like intimating, hey, Did you hear what I just said to the wind and the waves? Because it's for you too. Peace, be still, because I'm here. And I think there was a tenderness to him in that moment when he asked the question, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? I don't think he was shaking his finger at them. I don't think he was yelling at them. I don't think he was making them like, what's wrong with you guys? I think it was that... Do you guys not see? Do do we still have some of the journey to go? I'm here with you. And here's what I believe. So I'm, I'm gonna step out of the story a little bit, but here's what I believe. If Jesus would have woken up and turned to his disciples and said, listen, I know the waves are high. I know the wind is strong. I'm gonna let them blow and I'm gonna let the waves crash over the boat. But what I want to say to you is, peace be still. I'm with you. Sometimes the storm doesn't stop. Sometimes the waves don't stop crashing. But Jesus says, I am with you. And sometimes we need to be reminded so we can refocus our attention back on him instead of the storm, instead of the circumstances. See, that's the invitation, that's That's the call. And you think of those, let's go back to the shepherds for a moment. They're here in this night. All these things are going on. And and what what do the angels tell them? It's like, hey, you know what? The Savior has been born. Peace has come. You can trust in me. You don't have to trust in your own experiences and background and all that, but I've got you. And Proverbs Solomon wrote, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't depend on your own understanding. That's where we find our peace, it's in him. Writes down for the last one. Jesus is peace. So the angels show up, right? <clears throat> Shepherds went to see what had happened in Bethlehem, found the baby lying in a manger, just like they said. They shared what God had told them and the people were amazed. And let's go back to our first question. When was the last time you had wonder and awe and amazement around God? and who he is and what he does? Have you come to know and see and be in wonder of God who comes to just more than bring peace but be our peace? There's this part of me that's kind of thought that peace would be the thing that just simply takes away any anxiety or stress or nervousness, right? It It would just evaporate at all, but guess what? Life happens and things come our way. But when we look at Jesus, the prince of peace, we find that he is so much more than just the one who who offers peace, but he is peace. In Hebrew, that phrase, prince of peace, is two words. It's the word sar shalom. So shalom is peace. And that prince of is this word sar, S-A-R. And sar just simply means the one who is in charge. The one who leads, it kind of means captain, and it means lord, and it means the chief, or a general, right? That's the position here. And the Romans, they used this word sar, S-A-R, and it got transliterated in another language to the word C-Z-A-R, like czar, like the czars of Russia. And guess what else came out of that word? The word Caesar, kind of like emperor, like Julius Caesar. So what is it telling us? It's telling us that Jesus is the captain, the chief, the Lord, the Tsar, the Prince of Shalom. And he came to save us and to rescue us and to be our peace. And here's the thing, just whatever storm is heading your way, you can trust him today. We saw it in Jesus' life. The angels reminded us of it all over again, that he's come to be peace. Let me read it to you one more time, Luke 2. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me today? I don't know that there's a greater time than this moment to put your faith and trust in the Prince of Peace. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're going through. It doesn't even matter. And you may even say right now, everything's everything's kind of okay. But I would guess you've lived long enough to know that it can change in a heartbeat. But at the core of you, is there peace in your soul? In the very depths of you, is there a relationship that's been restored between you and God. That's what following Jesus is all about. Finding forgiveness, experiencing hope and peace in Him, and a new beginning. And so as we close our time today, I'm gonna pray a prayer in just a moment. I'm gonna ask everyone just to pray it out loud with me as just kind of a model prayer. But if you're here today and you go, Dave, I, I wanna know Jesus as my Prince of Peace. I want to know him and follow him as my Lord and as my savior, as my rescuer. I want to be forgiven and set free. If that's you today with no one looking around, would you just just raise your hand, just slip it up real quick and say, yeah, that's me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I see you guys back there. Yep. Yeah. Would you just pray this with me? Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me And thank you for coming to earth to be born in a manger and to give your life up on a cross. Forgive me of my sin. I choose to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, thank you so much for the gift of peace in your son. Thank you that you've come to be our Lord and our rescuer, our champion. Lord, today, in this Christmas season, we choose all over again to live in the reality of the joy of your presence. So we thank you today. We love you and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me? Hey, if you prayed that prayer today, maybe raised your hand, I want to encourage you to text this word, decision, to that 209-667-5433 and you'll get an immediate text back. But I just want to pray with you and I want you just to let me know, hey, I prayed that prayer today and I'm taking the steps to follow after Jesus. Well, as we close today, I want to give you two challenges, okay? Two challenges. One is go back to your sheet at some point today and look at those four things, right? Place and pace and problem and people, all right? And see where that, identify where is it that the stress is coming from. And then take a moment to just give it to Jesus, to pray and to put it in his hands. And the second thing is this, during the month of December, just a week before Christmas, I want to challenge you to go back to one of the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, and just begin to read about Jesus. We're going to do some more stuff in the new year, but just this month, just this week, would you dig in and read about Jesus? our Prince of Peace. Hey, thank you so much for being here today. God bless you as you go and be lights in our world and live in the Prince of Peace. God bless you.